Yeah, hi, this is Jerome Gilmartin, JMJ Catholic Radio, bringing local and EWTN Catholic programming to northeastern and central Pennsylvania. Welcome to the In the Father's Hands program with host Mary-Kate Grady. Mary-Kate's guest today is Anthony Renkamp. Originally from Lake Ariel, Pennsylvania, Anthony attended the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., graduating with a degree in civil engineering. And he has taught physics and math for five years at Dunmore High School. Husband and father of five, Anthony and his family are active members of St. John the Evangelist Parish in Honesdale, PA. Mary-Kate? Thank you so much, Jerry, and it's so good to be back with you all, especially during this beautiful season of Christmas, and um, we're so happy to have Christ come and be born amongst us, and once again to refresh our faith with all the graces that come from this very holy season. So wishing you all a very blessed Christmas, and especially as we approach this new year, um, just be always assured that the Father is holding you in his hands, and wa- and he walks before us always. There's no place that we're going to go in our lives or experience that we'll have that he's not already there holding us and, and ready to walk through it with us. So as you go into this new year, a lot of people, as they close out an old year, will say things like, oh, I hope the next year is better or, or different. And just be assured that when you go into the new year, you go into it with Christ. Um, you're not alone no matter what's going on in your life. So be assured of that. Um, before we jump into the program, real quick, Kind of as the year is ending out here, I just wanted to put in a plug for JMJ Catholic Radio. Um, they, they do such great work spreading the gospel to our area. And so if you um, are interested in making a year-end donation to JMJ, they would appreciate that beyond belief, I know. So if you want to contact them about that, you can give them a call, 570-287-4670, or write to them at JMJ Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 851 Pittston, Pennsylvania, 18640. And in advance, we thank you so much for any donations you could send and also, more especially, um, any prayers and spiritual support you can provide for JMJ. We appreciate that above all else, so please keep us in your prayers. Okay, let's go ahead, um, as we always do, and jump into our um, Gospel of St. John, Chapter 10, where Jesus tells us, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for this wondrous promise. Please keep this always in our minds and on our hearts. Amen. And we're so excited today to have Anthony joining us. Anthony, thanks for coming on the program. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Mary-Kate. And um, Anthony, I always like to start off asking my guests, um, my heart, the hardest question maybe, <laughs> um, <laughs> what, is your, what is a favorite scripture verse uh, for you, and why does it mean so much to you? Sure. Um, yeah, it was definitely a, a, a list to try and... Uh, <laughs> To, to narrow it down, um, sure. I really I really love the book of Hebrews because of its connection to the Mass and how it informs um, like what we are actually doing at the Mass and its context within the long story uh, with the Israelites. Um, but I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about Hebrews uh, as much as I love it. Um, I wanted to focus on uh, a scripture 
that has really, um, I don't think haunted is the right word. Uh, it stayed with me um, ever since uh, a long time ago. Um, it's part of the uh, Liturgy of the Hours, the divine office that we pray as a church, um, that, that priests uh, are obligated to pray, the nuns and religious pray it all the time. Um, and it follows, uh, it's not, you know, besides the Mass, it's, it's an actual liturgy of the church. It starts mm -hmm. with, it has morning prayer, it has daytime prayers and um, office of readings. There's also the evening prayer, sometimes called Vespers. And there are other prayers. There's a mid, uh, sometimes people pray matins in the middle of the night. Um, so in these prayers, there's, they always go along with the Psalms. Um, and sometimes they have special canticles uh, from the New Testament. And one in particular uh, is from Ephesians chapter 1. It runs verses 3 through 14. And uh, I wanted to uh, read some of it, if that's okay. Please, that would be great. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to praise to the praise of his glorious grace with which he blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Thank the reason you I love sharing that, yeah, go ahead, Anthony. The reason I love this um, this scripture, um, um, when I was when I was young, we, my family took me. Uh, we heard about this holy hour that was going to be offered during the summers. I was off from college, and we went to this holy hour at the cathedral in Scranton, and uh, uh, we would pray vespers. And one of the, and the canticle was this. Uh, was this section from Ephesians, and it always just kind of stuck with me. Um, the, there's one verse, so that we, as in my translation, it says, um, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And in the New American translation, it says that we might exist for the praise of his glory. And I, I uh, that that scripture always just kind of punches me in the gut. Uh, not in a bad way. It's actually mm. uh, my father <laughs> inviting me. He says, this is what you're for. You are for the praise of my glory. And 
oftentimes my callous little heart will say, but I never asked for that. <laughs> I never, I don't want to, I don't want to exist for the praise of your glory. I want to exist for me. And that's exactly the human condition. That's, that's Adam and Eve. That's what we're saved from. That's the, that's the, the birth of sin right there, that moment. And you say, yeah, you gave me all these things, but I didn't ask for them. I don't want these. I don't want these things. So oftentimes my heart, and it needs to be softened, like just, just like it, the prophet Ezekiel says, like, God, take away our stony hearts. Um, you know, God says to us, I'm going to take away your stony hearts. I'm going to give you natural hearts. Please, please give us those natural hearts. Um, you know, so that when we hear this, so that you might exist for the praise of God's glory, we won't think, well, if I stop living my life, I won't be alive anymore. If I just live for God, then what will I be? Mm -hmm. I'll be boring. I'll be uninteresting. I'll be some weird zombie. Um, mm -hmm. You won't. You won't be a zombie. Um, that's the. That's a lie. Um, the lie is that you won't be interesting if you are with God. The, the lives of the saints are absolutely contrary to that. Uh, they were diverse and very interesting. If you want to look for some very interesting saints, I mean, just look at John Paul II in his early life. Um, like, just so interesting. Look at Alphonsus Liguri, you know. Um, these are very interesting young men, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. There are so many different diverse ways to live the faith. The thing that makes us all the same is sin. The only uninteresting thing is sin. You know, just I just want to please myself. We get this idea that it's going to be really uh, decadent and interesting and tailored to us. But then we just find that we're being herded like cattle into this, this system, this place where everybody is everybody is alone so you have absolutely no idea that it's not just you, mm, you know, mm -hmm. through addictions and through these uh addictions uh, uh attachments i guess if you will and, you know we just get herded into these stalls where we can't see anybody else just our own gluttony our own want um you know and if we indulge in that we we then just become something to be harvested right and i think about Gosh, I think about the internet right now. I think about, mm -hmm. uh, I think about so many. There are so many services that we can just click a button and get whatever we want delivered to our door. I mean, there are so many things that we click a button and pay, uh, you know, a, a monthly subscription, and then we could watch anything that we want to. Um, we can get stimulated by all of these things. We can scroll and scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, see the next thing. We're always given new things to look at and new outrages, new things to be angry about, new things mm -hmm. to emote about. And these things just, they, they, they don't make us interesting. And then we think back and we say, well, what have I done with my past, with this year, with 2022? What have I done with it? You know, and we think, gosh, I, if I was with... And, if I was with Christ, I could have done more. Right. And that's the thing. That's the thing. <clears throat> we just want to, we, if we stay with Christ, if we're with Christ, he's going to, we can trust that he's going to, um, that he's going to make, that he's going to do things in us. Right. It's not me who, who does, but Christ 
who does it in me. It doesn't make us uninteresting. It makes us more ourselves. I think that's, I think <clears throat> that's so wonderful that you speak to that point because I know I could say for myself, I've definitely had that, those thoughts cross my mind. I, and I should say lies, really. I mean, they are thoughts, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you find this, Anthony, but I, I find myself having, you know, it's almost like sometimes once I get through one lie or I sort of like work through it or recognize it, something else crops up, <laughs> you know? There's always yeah. like these lies coming to our minds to just, um, it's like we're trying to get from point A to point B and like all these like uh, hurdles keep flying through the way. Once you get past one, a lie, then another one comes, you know? And I think that is a, a really significant lie for a lot of people that they do believe in pursuing God, that their life is just going to be um, miserable and they'll be uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that stops a lot of people in their tracks. Yeah, I mean, it even stops, it's still, you know, uh, the with the hardness of my heart, it's still, I, I can talk about this, but oftentimes I, my heart is still unchanged. You know, I still need God's, sure. I need his mercy, I need his grace. I need him to break through, you know, and he's, he's trying. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. And, and you know, kind of just jumping into the next question here, would you share with us a little bit, Anthony, about how God has provided for you, <clears throat> excuse me, in your life and held you in his hand? Yeah, um, sure. So he always is, um, and he always has been. That's a short answer. And for, every, for everybody, it's different. For me, God speaks to me in... <clears throat> when I was little, I would always... I, when I was little, I wanted God to speak to me with words. Um, I always had this fantasy that if I was holy enough, if I was holy enough, that God would start talking to me with words that I could hear in my ears or in my mind. Um, but um, you know, as I grew older, I suddenly now I realize that God has really spoken to me in in circumstances. Um, I, I think it's uncanny that that. Uh, God has closed certain doors in my life and opened others. And there are many examples, um, many, many examples of this um, in, my, uh, in my work life and in, in preparing me for my vocation. Um, I'm a, a husband and father of five, uh, you know, for now, uh, but five beautiful little daughters. Um, I guess I'll share this as an example. Um, when I was in high school and college, I was very enamored and inf- infatuated, as many men of my age would be uh, at that age, uh, with women uh, and girls. Um, and I was not strong um, in, in protecting their dignity. Um, if the opportunity had come up, I would not have been able to... Um, resist certain temptations uh, against purity. But God protected me from situations where I would hurt, um, you know, where I would hurt people, um, you know, through not being able to resist temptation. Um, You know, so he didn't, he didn't, I I was protected from the the hookup culture and the, um, and it took, you know, he, he, he protected me from that for, uh, by keeping me, uh, uh, by preparing me for very many years, even as I was a kid with my parents and 
with my brothers and sisters and um, you know the catechesis that I received when I was a little kid and the formation, the family life that I had, it kind of you know prepared me for that. And then when I got to high school and college and you know I was like, well, you know, I was frustrated. Why aren't these things that uh, that happen to most people happening to me, you know, mm-hmm. girlfriends and other hookups and things like that? But I'm so happy that they didn't because um, God has prepared me. And when I met my wife and uh, I was able to say, you know, that I was I had been praying for her and that I waited for her. Um, that was a beautiful thing. Um, and it wasn't by any strength of my own. Sure. Uh, and yeah. by and God gave me that as a gift to be able to recognize that, like, I'm not strong enough, um, but he protects me because he's my father, you know. Mm-hmm. So even though and he provides for our family, the job that I have right now um, is is perfect for protect for uh, providing for our family on a single income. So my wife can stay home. Like how many people in the world can can say that, you know, have this experience. Um, He's prepared us for this ministry of raising children in the church. Um, You know, so and and, and, you know, being so infatuated with women when I was younger. Now (laughs) I I am constantly with six beautiful, you know, uh, (laughs) my wife and five beautiful young ladies, um, you know, ages seven down to newborn. Um, and they're only going to grow and, you know, um, and God's going to prepare me for that. And when they're older and um, you know, he, he forms us without us knowing. Mm. One time I listened to a talk given by Peter Kreeft and he said that I, I don't know if he was quoting someone else or but he said the the biggest miracle uh, is not that uh, is is that God is not that God exists, but that he that he that what was it god doesn't hide it's the fact that we can't see him the Mm. the fact that we can't see god is the biggest miracle um because he is infinite he's he's god um he made everything and how how we can't see him in all of the things that he made is absolutely mind-boggling he true he's the source of all existence so anything that exists has some participation in him and 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 witnesses you know cries out loud to the to his existence right or to his presence um, and his glory because it exists and he is the source of its existence he wills us into being and he continues to will us and so we are Uh, and that's but but how that can't register in our minds or doesn't stick in our hearts um how we can become so callous to that is mm-hmm. uh, is yeah. as is mind-boggling to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like incredible. Like it's like an elephant in the room; you can't see it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So well, I. Anthony. Yeah. Go go ahead. Ahead. Oh no! I I I just wanted to ask. You had mentioned about being a husband and father of five beautiful daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you hold a prayer life um, with with having that in your life you have your job at the school you know your husband and father you have a lot of responsibilities um if you just share with us a little bit about how do you maintain a prayer life um with you know all this that you have going on 
Um, and, you know, maybe just you know, any recommendations or prayers or, or good books you especially enjoy. Sure. So any young men um, that might be listening would um, should know that a prayer life doesn't doesn't come all at once. So I guess what I'm about to share is not something you just jump into. Um, it takes uh, wise people have said that it, it takes a long time to get a prayer life. Um, well, not, not really. It takes a long time to get a prayer life that is of what I'm about to describe. Right. But, sure. um, mm-hmm. the practices, but you start small and you add very small things whenever you want a habit to stick. You only add very tiny, tiny pieces at a time. Um, so, you know, uh, at first I would just add uh, something in the morning. Pray, you know, get up early enough that you can say something in the morning. And then maybe read the scriptures for the day, for that daily mass. Uh, for a while I did that. And then add a little, you know, after a while add something else. So I added... Um, I added uh, a prayer that's called the morning offering um, uh, that you can often find in uh, missiles. Um, and then an act of faith, hope, and love. And then after that, uh, I added um, a journaling with the scriptures, like kind of a, um, what do you call it? Some Lexio Divina, um, rosary every day. Uh, is a is a really beautiful practice, and I do that. And then, um, and then, in 2020, my wife and I began to um, uh, get up early enough that we could pray morning prayer together. Um, uh, so we so we've been doing that. That's been really nice for us to do, and we really miss it when we can't do that. But mm-hmm. that does require us to get up like earlier than the kids. Um, in order to at least get that started. Um, so, you know, all of those things. Pray with the scriptures. Um, there are lots of there are lots of things out there that help people get more acquainted with the scriptures. Um, uh, there are certain podcasts. I, there was a podcast I listened to that went through the whole Bible in a year, and that was really beautiful. And um, um, so I recommend I recommend men should should have scripture. They should have the rosary, um, and they should. And if you pray the office of the church and go to mass, that's a beautiful, you know, all of that. And God's going to give you whatever you need um, in your prayer life. He's going to draw you. So whatever He uses to draw you, just trust it. It does sound too, and what you're saying, which makes sense with your family. You do have to sometimes sacrifice a little bit of sleep or um, I don't know if I'd say rearranging your schedule but it's a little bit of a challenge so you have to set your mind to and work at it right it doesn't always just you know come naturally like the kids start coming and then but the time for praying doesn't keep coming so sometimes you have to rearrange but you and your wife are doing that you know in the morning time so yeah it doesn't seem so much like a sacrifice I don't know if I just don't I guess I'm a morning person but that sac- works out good. <laughs> <laughs> we we certainly don't stay up late. Uh, uh, sure. We go to bed as soon as we possibly can. <laughs> that so makes sense. We can get yeah. as much sleep as we can. But you know what, Anthony? Our actually, believe it or not, our time's kind of winding down here. But I wanted you to take, if you would, a minute or two, just to um, maybe speak a little bit on. 
being a good Catholic while working in a public setting, now you're a Catholic and you work at a public high school, maybe just uh, take a minute or two to share with us about that. Yeah, I work in a public high school. Um, the, the high school that I work at um, has a very Catholic culture. Um, a lot of uh, Italians and Irish people that came from, um, that immigrated to the area. And um, so there's a very much, a, people kind of are Catholic and know about Catholic things. So um, they kind of don't, they don't look at me weird. Um, I, I'm also, since I'm in a public school, I'm not necessarily overt or proselytizing. We, I mean, as Catholics, we're not called to do that anyway. Um, we're called to evangelize. And that means that we just live the gospel. We live it in our lives and people will see it or grace will break through. Um, so you can trust that. Um, certainly don't, you know, uh, go against what you believe. Don't say things that are contrary to your faith uh, at, and don't live in a way that betrays that you aren't Christian. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you have to be an ethical person. You have to be ethical. You also have to have the hope um, that comes from Christ. Um, and if you are living that, and if you are treating other people like they have the, the with the dignity that they deserve in Christ, um, then that's enough, and that's good. Yeah, wonderful. It's you know, um, uh, I shared this with you a little bit before, but I used to work in a setting where it was completely Catholics and people that were very into their faith, and kind of moved on to a different situation now. So. It has certainly challenged me to be authentic, which I should have always striven to be, but I was it's very a key point now for me to be authentic about my faith that like I believe these things as a Catholic and then I act them I act it out. Like I believe in the dignity of all human life and that is in my faith and in my job, I treat everybody with dignity, just like you were saying, you know. Yeah. But it really calls us on to be authentic, I think, in a way where maybe if you were working in a completely Catholic setting you might not have that challenge presented to you as much. So, um, yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. It's um, challenging, but it's um, it's our life. You know, it's what we're called to, um, to reach out and to be Christ to others. Um, Mother Teresa has this quote that I was just thinking about with Christmas being upon us about um, the true meaning of Christmas is displayed when God loves others through us. You know, he wants to do that in, in our home settings, but also in our work settings. Um, so all you out there, don't hesitate. You know, if you're in a public setting, you know, let your life and your love shine out because people need it and they, and they want it, you know. Um, so, Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the program. The time just zipped right by. I don't know if you felt that way, but I did. <laughs> it certainly did. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing about your life and um, you know, many blessings to you and your family uh, throughout this upcoming new year. And um, God bless you and keep up the good work. Thank you, Mary Kate. And God bless you all. We hope that, remember, Christmas is a season, not just a day. So keep uh, rejoicing and celebrating in Christ. Um, and just let that profound peace of Christ pour in you and all around you. God bless you all. Have a good week. Bye now.